if you want to live a bigger life, you have to think bigger. There's no other way around it. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host, joined in studio today by my mother's favorite podcast guest, Cody Ringel. Cody, welcome to the show. Yo. I've missed you. You've been gone for the week in uh, Michigan. Yep. It was good a good trip. It's good to have you back. Thanks. Larry filled in your spot one time. Yeah. It was good. Good. He did a good job. I believed in him. Yeah. He believes in himself, <laughs> and I believe in him. Yep. It was good. So remember, uh, you find value in this podcast today. Hit us with that rating and share it with a friend. I want to talk about the concept of thinking bigger, and I have a thesis <clears throat> that we can riff off of. The reason I want to discuss it before I get to the thesis is I believe to tie back to the podcast that Larry and I did on Friday of last week, too many people are living a life of compromise without even potentially having the consciousness that that's what's happening. Mm. I say that because I felt like I did it for a long time. I feel like I did it unconsciously for a long time. And now I think that there are elements of my life that I'm probably living in compromise, but I don't even have the awareness of because I'm not thinking as big as I'm capable of thinking yet. Do you follow me there? Yeah. And we have new years coming around and we'll have people with their new year, new me, and they'll, they'll choose some small goal to start because they'll listen to influencers on Instagram who tell them like, start extremely small like me who I've said that in the past and I stand by think big, act small, but the thought has to be so big that it's overwhelming. And the only way you can attack it is with something small today. Mm -hmm. You follow me there? Yeah. It's small. It's big goals, small action. Like yes. this set the huge thing, the vision, the, yes. the think bigger, the, the ridiculously large goal outcome, the thing that you want. Yes. And then you can work backwards from there, setting those micro actions, the small steps to climb the mountain. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. So my thesis is that we are only capable of thinking as big as our education and or experience can allow for. Yeah, I'm, I can get on board with that. Let me explain what it means to people who may not follow it. Um. If you've never made, for example, $50,000 a year, the thought of what it would take to make a million is like not worth considering because you have, you have no idea what it takes to make a million dollars. You could start thinking about it. In order to get there, you would have to educate yourself. You have to surround yourself with people who've done it. You'd have to look at your life and say, what am I prepared to get rid of? What am I prepared to change? All of these things. But if you start thinking about what would it take for me to make $100,000, you already have the education. You already have the experience to figure that out. So you can't think about a million unless you're prepared to get the education, to get the experience that's necessary. Yeah, uh, you have to be willing to do the things. The, the, the part that comes up for me around this is um, it's, entirely revolves around your level of ambition. Well, there's ambition. Let me give you, let me make a better example, I guess. I'd like to, I would like for Active Life to be a company that does multiple billions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I think we can. I think we should. I have no idea what the path to that is. No idea. 
if I sat down with Elon Musk today, I bet he has a path for us. Maybe. It might not work, mm -hmm. but I bet he has a, he has two or three different options for viable paths from where we are to multiple billion dollars a year because of the experience he has and the education he's gained. I have shots in the dark. I have to act on how do I get us to being a $12 million a year company first. So what you're describing is he has a path with perceive, that it has perceived at least greater odds of success. Yeah. Because I, you both have paths, right? You could come up with three paths. It's just the statistical likelihood of success there is much smaller, probably, yeah. than Elon Musk's. Yeah. And, and look, Elon Musk owns, I think it's uh, like 10% of Tesla. Mm -hmm. That company makes him the wealthiest man in the world, owning 10% of it. I can't imagine how I end up owning 10% of active life, still maintain control of it, and achieve the mission that we're talking about and make multiple billions of dollars as a company. I don't know that active life has the long-term potential that a Tesla does in terms of selling technology, selling cars, like all of the things that it does. And that's fine. It doesn't have to. Um, it, it can be transformative without getting to that kind of a dollar value. But I imagine that there's a path that is clearly understood by people who've done it that isn't understood by people who haven't. And so the idea of thinking that big is dreaming until you get to a certain level or until you're around people who've done it and then it's acting, then it's doing. Yeah, I can see, I can see a part of it. Um, surrounding yourself by the right people mm -hmm. is huge, mm -hmm. right? You get to this point where I'm the rev limiter on the success of the thing that I'm involved in. So I need to surround myself with the people who have either done this or know how to accelerate this one area. The other thing that I think Musk has done, which we're doing as well, is identified a generational problem. Mm -hmm. That's the whole Tesla thing, right? It's, it's an energy solution. Mm -hmm. we're, we're also thinking big enough to attempt to solve a generational health problem, mm -hmm. right? So- I guess when we say think bigger, it's valuable for us to be very clear on what aspects we're talking about here. That's fair. Um, what I'm talking about here is the idea that good enough is good enough might be enough to start and it's never good enough. Yeah. And we need to be thinking bigger, frankly, uh, to be circular about what's possible. Mm. And so if, if I think, for example, like I had a moment this weekend where I was like, yeah, you know what? That probably should happen sooner. I brought my chiropractic school roommate, good friend, by the flagship. He wanted to see some of the equipment. He's putting a gym in his house. He walks in and immediately, like didn't even get past the front desk. And he's like, dude, I get it. I'm like, you don't get it. You haven't even been <laughs> past the front desk. He's like, no, but I look at your Instagram. And I... It smells awesome in here. He's like, I've never been in, in, in a gym that smells awesome. So you have that going for you. He's like, I'd be shocked if it's dirty just based on how it feels up here. Um, it's beautiful. It's got a welcoming aesthetic. So I, I think that's, I get it. He's like, I can see walking into here and seeing 
my doctor, seeing my financial planner, seeing a mental health professional, seeing my trainer. So I can imagine walking into this building and seeing all of those people coming from this single location. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck. That's bigger than I was thinking. Kind of. In a, in a way that if we were going to have all of those people there, yeah, all of the time, our footprint needs to be bigger. Sure. We need to think about, okay, how do we build all of these different verticals as financially viably successful? Uh, all of all of the things that right like what it leads to to me is Nike started with one pair of sneakers. Now they sell, you know, sneakers, footballs, golf equipment, t-shirts, all everything. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go from. I thought we were just going to help people learn, move better, understand how to exercise and live an independent life to a life of freedom without compromise all under our roof Mm -hmm. today. Right. And we have to go from where we are to a life of freedom without compromise all under our roof eventually. And I don't know when Hmm. that's, that's what I mean. Okay. So how does that tie into then, how you started with, um, you know, you can only solve for the problem that you see or you have the education and experience to solve for. So I had a conversation with Ken this morning about, <clears throat> is there a formula for when it's appropriate to raise outside money hmm. for active life? Because we don't get where we want to go without raising outside money at all. I, I, I just, I don't believe that that's realistic. I think eventually... We have to raise outside capital to, to accelerate the rate of growth. And I said, is there some formula that I should know that I can put as like a North Star? Like, for example, we have to raise enough money that that raise can 10x our brick and mortar footprint. So if we have two, it can get us to 20. If we have one, it can get us to 10. If we have three, it can get us to 30 without diluting more than 20% of the equity of the company. Is that like a is that a formula? And he's like, there's a formula. It's not that, but there's a formula. And we went through what the formula was. That convert and the formula basically is just basically a plan. We've scoped out locations we're gonna open. We understand how we're gonna staff them. We have a client acquisition strategy for each. We have a staff acquisition strategy for each. We've demonstrated success in more than one location. Like, that's the formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. His thought is, we own 10. We can we can start talking to people. Mm-hmm. Fine. We should be there by the end of next year, 10. That leads me to a conversation with Mary about the, the rate of which we're growing locations, the interest from people who want to open them, what is slowing them down? What is speeding them up? Where can we be more helpful? Like all of these things started coming out. And now I'm thinking about how do we more quickly get to the point at which it makes sense to raise capital for rapid growth. Hmm. And then Ken's thing was, you don't even raise all of the capital that you need. You raise enough of the capital to get enough of the leverage to do all of the things that you need to do. All of this is so new to me. That's what I mean by thinking bigger. Now I have a whole 
list of stuff I need to go and learn. Hmm. And I don't have to do it yet. One of the things I need to learn is when to do it. Got it. So you would have never been open to that potential path forward. Would you have not had the curiosity? I always have the curiosity, but it's, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's a dreamer's curiosity. So you keep saying that word. Yeah. When you say like, what's the difference? The difference is every kid grows up dreaming of being a professional athlete. Every boy who plays sports grows up. I wanted up. to be a lawyer. Huh? I wanted to be a lawyer. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I saw like Primal Fear was one of the first movies I remember. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to be Richard Gere. It's good that you chose Richard Gere and not Edward Norton. Yeah. Um, I, I, most of the guys I knew growing up wanted to be pro athletes. Hindsight, of my friends growing up, I would say two of them, if they really dedicated their lives to it, had a shot. Nobody else. And when I say a shot, I mean like 1% chance. Mm -hmm. It's a dream. It's not happening for 99.999% of people who do it. There isn't a path. It's just like, yeah, it'd be nice if that's how it sometimes feels to talk about where I want us to go because I don't see the clear path. But I do believe uh, in myself, I believe I do have the talent to do that where I recognize I didn't have the talent to be the athlete. Okay, so that goes into where my mind was going with a lot of this is how much of this comes down to your belief in your ability to do the thing. Look, there's a talent, there, there's the talent code, there, right? There, there's, there, yeah, there's, there's talent for sure. There's a difference between belief and founded belief. I had unfounded belief in my ability to play pro baseball. Mm. I was 103 pounds freshman year of high school. I was 135 pounds senior year. The fastest I ever threw a ball was 83 miles an hour. You're not going pro, man. Like, there's a there, there's still a world in which I can convince myself with the right coaching and the right development I could have gotten into the 90s. Mm -hmm. And if I get into the 90s, I might have a shot at going pro. But, like, it, it's probably not happening. All of that was just on the belief set of, like, I'm good. Okay. okay. Um. This is different because I've, I've experienced different things than I did in the other life. Did you do the work necessary to put yourself in the best position possible to manifest that belief into reality, to make no. that real? No. Okay, I think that's, a, that's something we need to touch on, right? Because there's the unfounded belief, right? The, I, I can do anything, and then just doing 50% of the things that you need to do to make it happen. That's about right. And I think that part of the reason for that, though, if I go back subconsciously, is I wasn't actually sure it was going to work. I didn't have as much belief in my ability to go from where I was to where I wanted to be as I have in this world. Mm. So you you didn't have just unfiltered belief in yourself and your ability to do the thing. No. I I told myself I did and I didn't. Mm. Okay. I think that's a big part of what we're talking about. Like the sure. thinking bigger part. For sure. Right? Is... Look, I, one of my goals was to make more money than my parents. 
when I was 18. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize at the time, going back to the education, the information, is my mother working 65 hours a week in a factory mm-hmm. making hot dogs just cleared 40000 Right. My father worked uh, every day except like two weeks a year selling furniture, made 36000 on salary. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize how low I had set the bar because I didn't have all of the context. This is what I mean. Right? But I believed that I would do it. And as soon as I did it and I learned that information, I was like, fuck, this needs to be way bigger. That you're, that you're Okay, you just encapsulated the example. You didn't have the life experience to know it should have been bigger until you got the life experience that obviated this isn't a big enough thought. I also didn't have the person, mm-hmm. right? The guy, the mentor, the, the, the somebody, the edu- somebody to lend that belief to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's the education side. It's exactly what I'm describing. It's that's that is. I wish you would have just started because that's <laughs> that's the perfect example. It's you achieved the goal. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have the foresight, Cody, to be like there should be another goal here. Yeah. So that's a tip of the cap to you. You realize, okay, I'm here and it's not all that I thought it was going to be when I was going to get here. Now it's time to think bigger. The only way you get the opportunity to think that way is if you land the first goal, you experience the first thing. That's what I'm describing. So there's those two things. And the third, the education, the experience has to be, there has to be something else that that can't be because you need the thing that moves you to the next thing. Where does ambition, for me, it's ambition. That's the word. Because you could have the education, the experience, you could get the thing and be like, yeah, this is good. But doesn't ambition come from experience too? Where you like, I've seen that people do this. I've seen it's possible. Maybe. For maybe. That's, that's my thought. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like some of the things that we're pursuing. I don't know that I've seen or I know or have the experience of people who've done this. Well, when I look at myself growing up, it was Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, Pete Rose. Three guys who were not great athletes, who were undersized, who did things that they weren't supposed to be able to do. Then, now I'm in the business world, it's Howard Schultz is the best example for me. Mm. Uh, because Elon Musk started Tesla with $27 million. Schultz started Starbucks, I think, with three. Now, of course, different time period. So three million then maybe is seven, eight million now. Who knows? But that's not much bigger than where the flagship is. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So it feels touchable. And he wasn't selling, he'd be the first person to sell, I mean, to say he wasn't selling coffee. He was selling a coffee drinking experience. Mm-hmm. So how do you sell an experience? that people haven't had that they don't know they're missing for a price that is greater than, but all of the other places sell the product that they're experiencing for. Do you follow me? Yeah. I, I know, I know the story. So I know mm-hmm. he goes to Milan and he has the experience in the coffee shops over there. And he's like, I need to bring this back. And this yes. is the experience of having the thing where it's the third place. Yeah. Right. So and for, for people who don't know, the story is, to, to make it really simple, the owners of Pete's Coffee, which is all pour over, uh, 
were the original owners of Starbucks. With And Howard Schultz was their marketing guy. He didn't own any of it. He went over to Milan to a coffee show. And while he was over there, he went to the coffee shops in Milan and saw people sat down and sipped on their espresso. And when he came back to the U.S., he explained to the owners of the shop, we need to open a coffee shop like the ones I went to in Milan. Cappuccinos, uh, cortados, lattes, pulled espresso shots. And they were like, Howard... That complicates things. We just do pour-overs and we do it really well. And most of our money is actually made in roasting the beans and selling them to the restaurants to give coffee out to their patrons. Mm -hmm. And he was adamant that it could be more. So he ended up buying, I think it was four stores or three stores at the time from the owners of Pete's. And Starbucks was born. That's that's the story that people may not know that I wanted to just film it on. Mm -hmm. But so you were going to say... What's different about that? He so I he has the experience, right? He he gains the education and the experience, but he he still has, or Andy still has, this sort of unfettered, unfiltered belief that he can be <laughs> the guy to do the thing. I have that. So, is that education? Is that experience? Like, where does that fit in? Because maybe it's not ambition. Maybe it's belief. Uh, I think, <clears throat> yeah. It is belief, and it's founded, though. At least I think it is. I have my experiences. I'm on businesses 9 and 10 right now. 7 failed. Or 6 failed. Number 7 and number 8 are still operational. They're, someone else owns them now. 9 and 10 are Active Life HQ and Active Life Flagship. I never built a team before. I never created a business that... And by I, obviously, when I say I in this regard, I'm talking about the we, mm-hmm. um, that I could just not work in. What do I do today? Oh, I've never been in that position before and seen the company grow. And I'm there now. Uh, and so now I'm confident that it, when we went from where we were to close to $3 million a year, it was basically how much can Sean sell? That was that was where we were at that point in the business. So I'm confident that now I don't have to do any of the selling. Nick can help us grow with the sales team. And the marketing is starting to work. And the flagship is starting to demonstrate efficacy. And I'm not responsible for any of this stuff. So I'm confident that I can now go out and say, okay, what's the next step? And I can see it and I can grab it. I never had that confidence for any good reason before, except that I believed I could. Now I've seen myself having done it. Okay. So it fits in there, right? You were able to gain the experience because of the belief or the confidence or ambition, whatever we want to call it. How does the person, the people listening to this, how do they take what we're talking about? Look, I have a limited level of education, resources available to me. I am, I'm, I'm 18, I'm 21, I'm 25. I've got the life experience that I have and I know only as much as I know, but I have this desire for something more. How do, uh, how do we make this something that they can take? And even the 45 year old, the 50 year old, whoever take and implement in their own lives to be able to think bigger. Because one of the things that I'm afraid of as we started, this was 
look, you can't even think as big as you want to think because you don't have the education. You don't have the experience. Yeah. So I think it's actually fairly simple. Another thing I should say about why I'm confident that I can get there now, that we can get there now, is because I have not only the people executing on the work, but the people in my life who have achieved the elements of success that I want, who can, who I can call anytime and say, what about, what am I doing here? And they would say, that's stupid. Do this instead. Why? Because of this. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. I didn't have that before. Now, the person who is 18 or 45 is making that's enough money to pay your bills, but not enough money to invest in your future. Go on the social media platforms, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. Go with those three. Choose one person from the element of life that you want to improve upon. So maybe find one person for your relationships with your significant other, Find one person for your business. Just start there. Unfollow everybody else. Everybody else. Digest all of those two people's content. All of it. Become the best husband, wife, whatever. Become the best business leader. Just from following these two people, they're putting out all of the things that you need to do for free. They're not going to answer all of your questions, but they're going to give you all of the education. They're giving it to you. Start there. And if you start implementing on the things that they teach you to do, you will create some of that gap to afford to hire somebody to help you actually implement. That's, that's where I think it starts. It's take in content and then do so aggressively that you seem crazy. I like that. So if we're going to think bigger, that makes sense to get us to the first thing, mm-hmm. right? The first goal that we're talking about. What gets us to the next? What propels us to the one beyond the one that we can see? It's continuing to do that, but it's, it's doing it now in real life. So it's, let, let's say, for, let's take, for example, if you wanted to be a, a world-class fitness professional. You just got your NASM or your ACE or whatever. Go get a job at some hole-in-the-wall gym where no one's ever going to see you again. Learn everything. Learn how to take equipment apart. Learn how to put equipment back together. Learn how to grease the selectorized machines. Learn how to clean the mirrors. Learn how to clean the bathroom. Learn how to talk to people. Learn how to sell a membership. That's where I started. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Once you realize, okay, this place is not going to help me accelerate anymore, get out. Go join a higher-end corporate business, an Equinox, a Lifetime, somewhere that's going to show you the business side of fitness and experience that. When you finish that, when you feel like you can't go any further there, look for an entrepreneur who you think is amazing. So at the time, maybe a Don Saladino who owned a Drive 495. Uh, Maybe someone like me who owns Active Life. See if you can get yourself work there. Call them. Find out what you need to do to be someone who can be considered to be hired in a place like that. Do that. 
all of that. Make yourself undeniably the person who should get that job. Now you're surrounding yourself with a higher class of professional. The standards that are expected of you are greater. You're going to learn an, another level of business development. Work your way to a leadership position. Work your way to a leader of leaders. And just keep going. And you can exit the company if it ever fits your life goals. But get yourself to the point at which you've given so much to so many people that when you decide to leave and go and do it on your own, all of the people who you gave to along the way feel compelled to give to you because they want to see you be successful because of how well you set all of them up. That's how you do it. That's... That's what I did. That's what Don Saladino did. That's what uh, Luca Hosevar did. That's what Bedros Koulian did. That, that's what all of the guys who, whose names you know did. And it starts with just doing an unbalanced amount of work for an unbalanced amount of time and then finding balance in that. Like that really makes me think, and we can talk on another episode about this, like this pushing through this complacency, this desire for mediocrity, this, that's a, that's one of the pillars of thinking bigger. It's, it's, it's almost take out almost it's being okay with not being satisfied. I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. I think that, I think it's a good thing. I hope so. Cause I don't have a choice because <laughs> Look, I, I feel the same way. Like I look back at the times in my life where I started to feel that and that satisfaction, that complacency slip in and, and mediocrity is the first word that comes to my mind. Yeah. Like I got fatter. I got more tired. I got less uh, excited about my business. Mm -hmm. All of those things happened at that point, mm -hmm. right? When I stopped thinking about what's the next thing. Yeah. Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but Greg, Grant Cardone says... There is no flat line in the business. Gravity pulls that sucker down. It's either growing or it's dying. Mm. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that that's the same for our own personal development. We're either growing or we're dying. Mm -hmm. So the choice is simple to me. Yeah. And staying the same is by default. Moving mm -hmm. backwards. And so so the reason Think Bigger is in our core values at Active Life, and the reason why it's the last one, is it comes right after the, the value I talked about last Wednesday, which was uh, balance is only found in world-class work. I just imagine somebody saying, I is this world-class? And then just responding with, think bigger. That's it. Mm. Like, is it world-class now? Sure, think bigger. Just keep thinking bigger and it will inevitably be world class. Especially if it's hard to think bigger because no one's done it. I'm here for it. Turn pro.